first of all, we are recording already. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. And we are talking about, we're giving a message to Latvians, yes? Yes. So you can start introducing yourself, who are who you are. Okay. What is your agenda in life? Okay. What's so, your mission? Okay. So my name is Tom Idle. Uh, I so run a content creation agency called Narrative Matters. We specialize in talking and writing and helping companies and NGOs and anyone else that's interested in uh, creating positive change in the world. So environmental positive change, social positive change. And we, yeah, we're a team of journalists. So an associate network of journalists and writers and content creators um, who, who write about the subject of corporate sustainability. So in that we mean, um, we talk about the ability for companies largely, but also uh, individuals, peoples, agencies, to be able to sustain themselves for the longer term. So if you think that everything has a kind of an end, everything has a lifespan, this is about the ability for that to continue for as long as possible. So for companies to be economically sustainable, to keep going, to keep making money, but also to do so in a way that is not going to jeopardise the future of our existence on this planet, which might seem a bit grand and a bit uh, a bit out there, but that's the reality. The world is in trouble, and it's not something that people really think too much about. Um, so if you take a, an issue like climate change, um, the, the planet is, has been heating up slowly over the last 100 years or so, uh, starting with the kind of industrial revolution and uh, so and we, we keep producing lots of greenhouse gases which go into the atmosphere which is then heating the planet up which has huge impact on everything from uh, our ability to farm in the future our ability to fish rising sea levels all of these things which will hit us not now but will hit us 50 100 years into the future without doubt the, uh, the World Economic Forum is going on right now, this week, in Davos. And every year they produce this thing called the Global Risks Report, which okay. basically is a whole bunch of experts who come together to identify which are the things that are going to present the biggest problems for business, for society, for governments, for cities, um, in the next 10 years. And issues like oil price shocks... Uh, asset price collapse, all of these things have kind of dominated over the last 20, 30 years. In the last few years, the number one risk, or the number the one, two, three top risks now, are all environmentally focused. So the number one risk right now is extreme weather events. For example? So increase uh, in flooding, increase in drought, hurricanes... And all of those events are being fueled by climate change. And all the science points to that. So it's But we have had hurricanes before already. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, of course. So but it's about the severity of them and the regularity of them, which is definitely going up. And all the evidence suggests that that's exactly what's happening. Can you name few samples, like real samples? Uh, We're talking so globally, like with the same Spain. Well, uh, it's yeah. Well, not all regions of the world are what, affected. What, 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 about, well, what, what about the UK? <clears throat> the UK has had so much more flooding in the last ten years. If you look at, if you plot it on a graph, and you look yes. at examples of flooding over the last hundred years, in the last ten, we've had a lot more than we've ever had. Okay. 
and that's a reality. So that has never been the case, yes? Well, we've always had flooding, but I say that it's happening more, and when it does happen, it's becoming more extreme. And in the US, you've got so many examples of, of, of yeah, ex, yeah, evidence that suggests that we're having more and more and they're getting worse and the impact is getting worse. And if you look at the economic impact, let alone the social and environmental impact of those events, huge, huge risk. And that's why everyone's talking about it at Davos. Okay, this is a podcast <laughs> smiling. for... You're smiling, Lavin. Yes, you're... look, this is a podcast for Latvians. Yes. And who live in the UK. Yeah. Come on, we cannot impact. We cannot cannot impact the floods no. in the in the UK. Sure. What can we do? Well is is there really anything we can do or I think you can be interested in it. Okay. You can be interested in it and not oh, yeah. be in not be ignorant about it. And but I don't think I don't think that individuals can do that much, actually. I think this is a this is something that business, governments, cities, legislators all okay. need to all need to solve. When I was at school in the sort of eighties, nineties, I don't know whether what sort of education in terms of the environmental education you had at your school in Latvia, but all we talked about was CFCs, so the gases coming out of aerosols, which were going into the atmosphere and creating a hole in the ozone layer. I don't know if you did you no okay. I, so that was the thing. Not in my case. So that was the thing. So. So governments around the world banded together, come up with some regulation to phase out the use of CFCs, and the ozone layer repaired itself. So that was the kind of story then. So the story now. You're saying do not use aerosols. Use, you can't use, I mean, the, use the rollers. <laughs> no, they've, they've, ch- they've shifted what goes into those products, and that's that's the key. Okay. So so we couldn't do anything about CFCs. It was up to legislators and businesses to make that shift. And what you're seeing now is that the the world's governments has been, have been quite slow to react to something like climate change because they're scared because there's still lots of money tied up in big oil, in traditional fossil fuels, and governments don't really want to upset that. It doesn't really win them elections. And so they've been quite slow. What happened at the end of 2015 was something called the Paris Agreement, which was the first time ever that about 195 countries came together and agreed that they would collectively do something about climate change. So, And it's going to play out over the next few years, and governments will then put targets in place to make sure that they they do their bit. And every country will have a different quota of of what that bit means. Um, But regardless of what happens on the sort of regulatory front, business and cities are learning that to be sustainable, to protect themselves against oil price shocks, so investing in clean energy, for example, where they're not relying on importing um, energy from elsewhere, that it all makes sense. Economically, it made sense to protect themselves. And so that's what you're seeing. And, And businesses, similarly, they don't want those shocks in the future, so they're starting to protect themselves. Who are the biggest criminals? Uh, who are the biggest criminals? Well, yes, the the, the big oil, uh, big tar sands. Um, so, let us. Could you name some companies or corporate? Probably corporations. Well, I think we all. I think we all know. Okay, let us. Well, I think we all know the big sort of oil players: BP, Shell. I mean, the, you know, okay, BP, Shell. Okay. Yeah. But 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 they are. I mean, they all they're all taking a, a, a slow step away from. And what they've been doing, for but they years. are still doing. They are still doing something. Of course, they're still burning coal and, and 
extracting the oil and doing all that stuff that is contributing the most to, to climate change, without doubt. And they will continue to do that. And then, the assets but, are there. But from the other side, they are not only doing that, they are trying to do something for the environment as well. No? Yes, they're, they're trying to uh, diversify. Sh- Shell is advertising. I've, I've, I've heard like times by times I can, I can see around things. They're mm. talking about their green program or something. Yeah. They're trying to diversify into or clean is energy. A, right? is it a big BS? Well, it, it's diffi- they're, they're in a difficult position. They know that their, their future is in jeopardy. Okay. And so they're trying to start making a change now. And some energy companies, so I think it's uh, Dong Energy, have have kind of diversified and they're trying to get out of traditional fossil fuel-based energy. Who are Dong? Dong, I think, I don't know, I don't know where they're, they're based. I think they're, um, are they Scandinavian? Not too sure, to be honest. Okay. Um, but there's various examples of that. Where and, and what do they do? They're an energy company. And they've had been, they have been a traditional energy company. Oh, actually, there are so many energy companies. Yes, EDF... Scottish something. Scottish power, yeah. Yes, Scottish power. Which of them are the most, you would consider, the most environmental friendly? Well, no, none of them. In the, in the UK, there are a couple that you would, if you, would, if you were to think um, if you, that you wanted to do the best for the environment, you could go down the route of ecotricity, who, which is all about green, green energy. So okay. it's wind, solar, um, all clean energy. But an ordinary uh, person can't choose that. You can. You'll pay a bit more for it. Well, if you rent a place. Um, yes, you, you can. You can switch to use those. Yeah. Can you? Yes. Okay, Mr. Green Man. What are you <laughs> using? <laughs> Put me on the spot. Uh, well, Scottish Power. Scottish Power. Yeah. Why aren't you using the green thing you said? Uh, I should be. I should be. And I, well, I well no, nobody's perfect. Yeah, I, I, and I probably will. I think... Yes. Um, yeah, we've been with, with Scottish Power for a couple of years, and a lot of it's about economics, getting the economics to stack up. You will pay more if you go to Ecotricity, without doubt. Is it? But you'll, you'll get to is, a is point... The, is, the, is the difference huge? Uh, it's not massive. It's enough, it's enough though. Aren't they subsidised by the government? Uh, they sh- the price should be cheaper, like... I think it will. It will come down. It will come down. Like, gov- get... like government subsidises electricity. Electric cars and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's true. They, they try to stimulate some markets yeah. because I think it's a market that's maturing now. They they have they have done a lot to support uh, clean energy, and there's still sub you know lots of subsidies in place now. If you want to um, put a ground source heat pump in your house yes. or solar panels, you you can get you can find some government grants. I mean, they're, they're they're less. Do you know anything about those solar panels? Not too much, no. Not too much, no. You haven't got them yourself. Well, no, I haven't, because my house doesn't face quite south enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, to to to, to make the economics stack up, but yes. all that will change, and then particularly the price of solar is definitely coming down, so it will become easier to do this stuff. But it's not none of it's easy. You, at the moment, it's it is harder, without doubt, to live a more sustainable life. I mean, there's obvious things. There's things like you know, if you if you wanted to live a kind of eco existence, you could. You know, turn your back on fast fashion, for example. Okay. So you don't go to Primark and or, or high street retailer. You you might go to a second hand shop. If you want, well, Prim- to... Primark is quite quite close to that. <laughs> but if you but if you didn't agree with the 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 model of something yes. like Primark, which is about churning out as many kind of clothes as possible and all the resources that go into it, not just Primark but all of the, the high street chains are pretty similar model, right? So you could do that if you decided to become vegan and not eat meat. There's lots of things you could do as an individual that would definitely save you money. But if you want to buy an electric car, 
if you want to, you know, use ecotricity rather than Scottish power. Okay. Uh, there's, there's lots of things that at the moment are more expensive. Well, electrical cars are not that more expensive. They're just in they're the more expensive. As to, well, they're more expensive to buy at the moment. You physically cannot go far enough with them. Well, that's the other problem as well, right now. But that's improving. That is improving. It'll be, it will become easier to do the right thing. And that's, that's the point. So it's, it's not necessarily about what individuals can do right now. I don't think there's much we can do. But the markets need to shift. Businesses need to be brave. Governments need to put in the right sort of encouraging legislation to make it easier for us to do the right thing. And that, that's what will happen. That is what will happen. Okay, ten, about year, the, ten years' time. About the cars. You mentioned the cars. Yeah. Are Priuses really that environmental friendly? Um, I think that it's a hybrid, isn't it? So, yeah, yes. it, it is. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know what the, the are exact there details are. Are any alternatives to that? What, in that price bracket? No, in, in, in car industry at all. Yeah, I mean, is most of the car manufacturers have a hybrid vehicle or electric vehicle now. Most of them have got a model that would that is less damaging to the planet. What about the water thing? Water thing? The, yeah. The, the, water, water powered. The hydrogen car that yeah. I was talking about the other day. Hyd- hydrogen. Yeah, you yeah. You call so it hydrogen cars. So I interviewed a company the other day called River Simple. Okay. And they have a hydrogen fuel cell car, which is not a new technology. And lots of the car manufacturers are, are sort of dabbling with it. Um, but it's a, it's a car that, well, I'm going to get the, um, the science right, it's, what do you call it, electrolysis, and it's kind of reverse electrolysis, so you kind of feed the car with, let me get this right, um, hydrogen and oxygen, and out the other end comes electricity that then powers the motors of the car. So it's a so hydrogen-fueled it car, basically. So it is an electric car? Only it, it gets power from... It's, yeah, it gets p- power from hydrogen. And what is hydrogen? It's a gas. It is a gas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, But again, the infrastructure is not there for this to be massively taken up right now. Like? <clears throat> so you'd need, you'd need hydrogen filling stations okay. alongside the petrol garages. Are, are there any? Uh, maybe one or two. The problem is the petrol stations here. One or here. two in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't get anywhere really no. with that car. Yeah. But it's early. It's early days. Are, are there prototypes running already? <clears throat> yeah, they've, they've they've launched a, a beta model that they're testing and yes. trialing to see how how far it can go and all that sort of stuff, and and what customers get out of it. It's and a nippy little. It's a little sports car. And how do they? Does it look good? Uh, I don't think so. But. It, <laughs> People, I think people will buy into it because of the concept. Yeah. Also, you don't buy that car; you lease it. So okay. you don't pay for you don't pay for um, any fuel, and you don't pay for any servicing. So what are the prices? So I think the, I think they said about four hundred pound a month. Which which, if you take the cost overall of running a car for say six years, they say that it's the equivalent price of running say like a a, a small family well, hatchback. If if you are driving around like crazy, if you are a salesman. Mm-hmm. Then yes, then that would be a normal decision. But if I would decide to give that car for my wife to take to take kids to the school yeah. every morning, then four hundred pound a month. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it, but this is it. The, it Tesla costs the same. <clears throat> it's what I was saying. It's not. It's not. It's not cheap to to go yes. green right now. But it will become so because I think you've seen in something like solar, you've seen prices fall and you get this parity. So it's, it becomes easier to invest, particularly for businesses. 
And this is this is where I think there'll be earlier moves. So something like, say, a company like British Gas, which has has all these engineers on the roads going out to service boilers. Now they could make okay. a good investment case, couldn't they? If they invested in low carbon vehicles. So you're going to get you're going to get the people that are, that really love this stuff. Everyone calls them the dark greens. So if you really bought into the environment, dark greens, dark greens. So you're really, really environmentally aware, and you want to do the right thing. And you'll probably go and buy a River Simple, or you might buy a Tesla, or whatever. The rest will all play catch up when you get this price parity, and it'll become easier for us to then to then buy those those things. But we're not we're not quite there yet. But with businesses, they can start doing that. And we're starting to see that, where you've got small fleets of electric vehicles, where companies have said, yeah, we're going to invest in that, because we can see where our costs are, and our costs are in fuel. So if you can start reducing that price, actually investing and paying the premium in the first place becomes a bit easier. So that's what we're starting to slowly see now. So you've got connections with big boys like Virgin? Yeah, so yeah, Virgin's what, one what, of my What clients. they are doing with Green? Like, all, all, I, all I know about Virgin is, like, I love their broadband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah, well, that's that's Virgin that Media, do? so that's not owned by Virgin anymore. Isn't it? No, that's owned by Liberty Group. Okay. Uh, they bought them. But but Virgin have a whole different sort of... Um, there are Virgin of, Trains. Companies. There's Virgin, Virgin Trains, Trains, Virgin Atlantic, of course. Oh, and Virgin Planes. Yes, Virgin Atlantics uh, are planes. Exactly. But, but they are more expensive, and Latvians use only, like, Wizzair, and mostly Latvians. <laughs> Somebody might be offended. Mostly we use Ryanair and... Yeah, reserve. Okay. Of okay. course, come on, the price. Uh, as you said, as you said. Of course. It's all for the money. Yeah, I spoke to a company yesterday called Lanzatech, who um, take waste gas from um, big manufacturing plants, like steel manufacturing. Okay. And they, um, they the technology is quite beyond me, but it, they kind of ferment the gas and they turn it into a kind of a fuel, an ethanol fuel. Wow. So it's completely green, um, and they're starting to sell that now to Virgin Atlantic, who is starting to trial it, with a, with a view that all of their fleet of planes would run on this stuff in the in the not too distant future. So there, there are lots of companies doing lots of pockets of interesting stuff. No one's got it right yet. There's hardly any company out there that you could say, yep, yeah, they've got it absolutely solved and they know exactly what they're doing. But lots of companies are experimenting. Let me ask a question. You've got a wife. You've got a son. And they want to go to States. So now they've got this option to go on a plane or yep. on traditional fuel plane mm-hmm. or on a plane with some experimental gas mm-hmm. thing. What would be your choice? <laughs> would you put them on a plane that is run on some... If it was safe, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I would never. We're not there yet. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. It's, it's yes. all very early days with that type in, in, of technology. In progress. In progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would you be worried about? The, the plane running out of fuel or, or conking out or something? Yeah, that something might go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, possibly. I, yeah, I think in lots of these things, it's really early days. Reusables have always got bigger chance of going wrong. At least that is my opinion. That's your perception. Yes, perception. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is the, which is not uncommon. I mean, yeah, yes. lots of people, I'm sure, feel the same way, and that's the that's the thing with any kind of sustainability themed product or service. Is you know people still do assume that that you, you're not 
quite getting the quality that you have to compromise on something and that's that that is the thing that businesses are learning that that people won't compromise they won't compromise on price or very rarely they will so they won't they won't pay more for something if it's organic or it's fair trade or um, and they won't compromise on quality either so you know so so products and services and not talking about food necessarily but all types of products and services companies are slowly learning that they need to be as good as if not better than what they've been doing before in order to succeed you can't just create something that's not quite as good but oh, it's better for the environment because people just don't won't buy that they won't buy into that because people don't care enough they won't care enough it's still about quality it's still about price and that's not going to change so what about the food food you touched the food yeah 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 food, well food's an interesting one it's um is it something that Latvians can do um I mean I think you can again be interested in it be interested in it. learn about where your food's coming from and what the impact potentially is on those food systems because that you know the global food system is under pressure but once you start learning too much what is in that can or what is in that like what once you, once you go to McDonald's you yeah. you, you will find that in that bread there is some big fat or something <laughs> yes yeah okay then you won't be eating anything apart like from rice <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to go with that. Uh, oh, the, the, the point is, there's connected to what we were talking about right at the start. Sorry, climate change. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's about 80% okay. of our food that we eat comes from smallholder farmers. So smallholder farmers are farmers in all different parts of the world that own these very small pockets of land. Is that bad? It's it's not bad, but it's it's fragile. It's fragile because a lot of these farmers are under pressure, and they're under pressure for a number of reasons. But they are little independent farmers. Yes. Despite of uh, me personally, mm-hmm. I would love to see hundred little farmers instead of one <clears throat> big corporate farm. Yep. Any time of the day, Agre- a- any yeah. time of the day, as there will be competition, there will be, there will be love put into the food. Sure, there will be pride taken for the product they produce. But as corporations, they don't have that. I don't believe that corporations have really pride at what, what they do. But the, the, the challenge is for these farmers that have very small pockets of land. Yes, is that um, many of them are struggling to feed themselves and their families because they're on the poverty line. Many of them don't really know how to make the most on of their the land. On the poverty land. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the po- line. On the poverty line. Are we here in... Oh. Not, not in the UK. But most of our food doesn't yes. come from here. I mean, we get the basics from the UK. But I'm talking about coffee and... Okay. Yes. Rice and, I mean, all these different commodities. Palm oil. I mean, there's so many. Well, but now you're talking about the countries that are physically raped by global economics. And it is um, not a normal thing. You, you cannot blame small farmer of being broke. No, no, absolutely. Just because of himself. Or you, you're right. Themselves. There's so many different political and yes. social issues going on. But what, what we're seeing now is businesses realizing that and actually stepping in to support their supply chain. So I'll give you a really good example. Nestle, right? So Nestle um, owns Nespresso. 
So it's a premium brand coffee. They come in these little capsules. Yes. People buy the machines, they put them in their kitchen. And they and um, the, the coffee that goes into these capsules is the very, very highest quality. And there's only 2% of the world's coffee that is good enough for an espresso. Seriously? Yeah. And they source their coffee from high up in the mountains. Okay. In Brazil, Colombia, parts of Africa, in, in the band of coffee growing regions around the world. And they have a, they, they, they recognise there's a problem because with such a small supply base, as in yes. there's only 60,000, 100,000 farmers that can supply them, what happens if these farmers get in trouble? What happens if these farmers... Oh, then the corporation is fragile. Absolutely. Not the, not the farmers. Farmers are well, it, fragile. A bit of both. Farmers are fine. But they, but they recognise that they're under pressure as a business. And, they and might then, not be around. And then in Wall Street, who is destroying the whole industry? In Wall Street, they are bidding and buying crops like two years up front. But the, but the point is, with Nespresso, they recognise that their long-term sustainability as a company to continue to, to, to grow, to make money, to serve customers is under threat. So they've stepped in, and, they, and one of the big key challenges in their supply chain is that the farmers okay. who are getting older, they, uh, the, the, the youngsters that are coming up, look at their father and think, that looks like hard work. I just go to the city and get a job in a call centre. Yes. And that's what's happening across the board. So the demographic problem is a real one. And so Nespresso have stepped in and started offering a pension scheme to farmers. Wow. So investing lots and lots of cash into this to say, right, here's a pension scheme. There's an incentive at the end of your career. As long as you work with us. But they're not going to... Absolutely. You don't, provide, you don't provide coffee for <clears throat> our competitors. No, they're, they're free to they're free to uh, sort, uh, supply who they want. There's no, really? there's no, yeah, yeah. It's not exclusive. Wow. Yeah, but this is this is what companies have realised, and they have to make those sorts of investments. They have to get close to their suppliers. They can't just rely on a middleman yes. anymore. They have to get close, and they have to understand what their problems are, and they can help them. And that's what we're seeing so much, particularly in food, but also in fashion, and and that's a, that's a sort of growing trend, which is great. So I think there's everyone benefits. It's so cool to just to hear how the world is developing. Pensions for farmers paid by Nestle. Yeah, 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 certainly. Although, <laughs> <laughs> my auntie is a big, big, big coffee fan, mm-hmm. and she has always said, "Once you take a coffee, a roasted coffee bean, mm. you've got to malt it, or is that the right way? You've got to." No idea. You could grind it, malt it. No, don't, don't know. You ba- basically you make it into that powder. Yeah, and you have to, it has to be it has to be boiled in hot water in a specific way. Okay. Within, oh, you mean sorry, you mean the kitchen? Hour, yes. Yeah, you grind hour, it. You grind it. Yes. 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 You've got to grind it, and only then that will be good coffee. Uh huh. Anything else? <laughs> ah. Okay. So she doesn't buy Nescafe anymore. <laughs> um, it's not coffee, really. No. No. Is instant coffee really a coffee? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. What? So what about Nestle? What else do they do? Nestle you, you, is the you, you know, you know about you know a lot I, about them. I yes. know a fair bit about them. Yeah, the, the world's biggest food company. Yeah, world's biggest food company. Yeah. Uh, also doing pet food as well. So human food, but also pet food. Pet food. Yeah. 
Um, what are their brands, for example? Can uh, so Purina is their big brand. Purina is theirs. Purina is their big brand. Yeah. I always thought that was the big monster independent. No, no. I think Nestle bought them a while back. Uh, but Nestle, interesting company. They know that they've got challenges, but they're investing a lot of money in trying to solve a lot of those. They put a lot of money into sort of science, uh, research, development, uh, ways of you know producing food more efficiently in a way that's less damaging to the planet, that a way that is more helpful to the people they rely on, so farmers, but everyone along the supply chain as well. But they're an interesting one. I mean, it's, it's okay, easy. That, that, that is the bright side. And what is the dark side well, the, of their the, business? The, what is the dark side of their business? The, Come the, on. Let the me. thing is, it's, e- it's really easy to bash big businesses because yes. they've all got a legacy, right, where they've done things when none of this stuff was really thought about. Absolutely. So the term corporate sustainability is a really, really young term, maybe 20 years, 30 years at most. Yeah. And these companies have been running for 150 years. So they've all got this legacy that they need to solve. And it's really easy to just bash big business and say, well, you're, you're you know, the, the source of all evil. But it's, it's, more, it's more nuanced and more complex than that. Like they, they know that there's these challenges. Yes. And they're trying to do something. Well, most, well, more enlightened companies are trying to do something about it. If, and even if it is only because they're trying to secure their long-term future as a company. And, that, you know, if you want to be a real sceptic about it, that might well be the case, that companies are really only going to focus on protecting the environment and society to look after themselves. Well, still, but still, they're still doing it, right? Still, they're all, they're all run by people. Absolutely. Most people have got families, yes. they've got wives, they've got children, and they want their children to live in a, in a good country or exactly. in a clean environment. Yeah. That's right. So that's, that's understandable. Of course, everybody wants to make money. Yes. Even and you, that's even and that's, you, even me, absolutely. And then that is the balancing act, isn't it? It's they, they're trying to be more responsible, find new ways of doing things, and then bringing consumers like you and I along for the ride. Is that's there, not easy. Is, is there anything they have solved, like big shift? No, but but but, but, but I think coming back to my point earlier, I don't think any company has. No one's really made a complete shift. To doing something differently, lots okay. of people point to companies like Uber and Airbnb, and okay. you know companies that have basically created a whole new way of doing something. So Uber doesn't own any vehicles, and yet it's the biggest transportation company in the world. Airbnb doesn't own any properties, and yet it's the biggest kind of accommodation travel site. In the well, world. but they they provide platforms. They don't provide yes. cars, they provide platforms. Yes. But if you, like a marketplace. Yes, but if you were to look together. at it and say, okay, all right, Uber, cars, we don't know. Yes, that is a marketplace where, where independent taxi drivers go under Uber flag. Absolutely. And they, they provide their services. Yeah. There is not really anything. like. But the point is that they've created a new model, a new way of doing something. They've, they've ripped up the rule book, which is what lots of people look at businesses now and say, right, come on, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's start Tesla, doing. Tesla is changing things. Yeah, absolutely. Tesla is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good example. Um, but there, have, but there's have lots of examples. You, have, you, have you got some connections with Tesla? I haven't. No. no, no. So you do your own podcast. Have you done a podcast with them now? Not yet. No. Would you like? To? I would do. Yeah, I mean, my podcasts I tend to focus on smaller companies that are just that have just set up that have come up with a new way of. of of being and doing things and and just trying to disrupt sectors. Tesla would be a great example. 
uh, to get on the podcast. They've yeah. got Tesla Space something. Yeah, I think Elon Musk is, is yeah. yeah messing around with kind of uh, getting into space. Messing around. Yeah. Well, he's got yeah he's got serious cash to be able to do that, I guess. Well, he's he has run out of the cash several times, like big time. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about Tesla is that they try to get the solar power. No? Yeah, they, they launched, yeah, late, late last year they launched a new solar panel that fits into, into roofs. Okay. So that's their, that's their and new what's, thing. And what's the difference? Um, I think it's a lot more efficient. I don't know how he's made, made it, but it's, it just, you get more um, energy for your, for your money. I think it sort of integrates into the roof so it doesn't sit on top. It's sort of, so it's designed for sort of new builds, really. Okay. Oh, so for the new builds. Yeah. That's, that's smart. So it's integrated, so it's kind of flat and it's embedded. And, and that the is smart, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, without doubt. It is so easy to put in a new build something. Yeah. To put it in the plan. And that's, that's the point. Yes. So using that analogy, if you were starting a business tomorrow, okay. would you create a business that was run on old fossil fuels, old technology, um, not using the latest software, platform, so, you know, platform software? Would you do that or would you start over here? And say, no, I'm going to run it on clean energy. I'm going to do this. You're starting from scratch. You've got the opportunity to, 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 to do be what honest, you want. To be honest, it is all up for the budget. Mm-hmm. See, for, for me. But if your budget is set at the start. Well, then, then I'm a happy man. Well, this is the thing. Then I'm a happy so you've got man. companies over here. <laughs> and I've got happy wife and happy children. <laughs> but you, if you've got a budget over here that's always been the same. And all of a sudden, you need to shift it. It's really hard. If you're starting from scratch, it's so much easier. So much easier. Even if it does cost more from the start, but at least you know what that cost is going to be and, and the way you go. What about the clothing? Yep. Is there anything new in clothing that um, is sensible? And th- there are there are many things that are, you you see them and you say look those are in sale are uh, not not in sale insane nuts hippies mm-hmm. who are wearing them. <laughs> yeah. What sort of clothing do you, are you talking about? I don't know some some llama crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it's yeah, clothing is a tough one, and actually the the kind of environmental message about clothing right now is just to not buy so much. You know, love what you've got, shop secondhand, rather than buy, you know, a, a t-shirt for four pounds, buy one for thirty pounds that'll last you the year rather than three months. I mean, that's kind of the, that's the, the sorts of things people are talking about. Fashion's a tough one. There's there's so many issues and challenges going not, on. Not in fashion. only fashion, but clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. When we when we see our kids, what about toys? Is there is there anything interesting in toys? No, there, there is really. Again, it's a similar sort of messaging coming through really in terms of environmental. Buy stuff to last. There's a website that I interviewed for the podcast called Buy Me Once. Okay. It's a, a website that's kind of a a collation of different products, some fashion, some accessories, some toys, and it's basically all about buying things to last. So you can buy, buy something on there. It'll probably cost you a bit more, but you're guaranteed that it will last longer. And that's very much kind of a bit of a movement going on at the moment. 
so you're encouraged to buy good stuff you know hmm. rather than just cheap rubbish that you just throw out uh, having said that we did we talked about Primark earlier yes. Primark's an interesting one because people look at it and it's so cheap isn't it it is you can buy t-shirts in there for three pounds or something and and if you break it down about where all that money goes so some you you know you instantly think well someone's getting screwed somewhere um, and that happens not just in the likes of Primark but as I said lots of different retail uh, I think chains. I think Primark is in different uh, business it just seems I've, I've heard that they have they are not profitable I might be wrong well, I think like, I, like, like Next is not profitable yeah and just recently they they announced that this year was profitable first time in the Right. In, the, in the history I think Primark is not profitable but they are in business of something else like McDonald's is in business of franchise and real estate mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I don't know too much about Primark all I do know is that they can afford to deliver clothes at such a low price because their model is slightly different to yes. other fashion houses in that they never do any advertising so they never advertise on TV. So they don't spend anything on marketing. They only advertise when they open a new shop. And that's they only do sort of local press stuff, apparently. Yeah. And they don't pay any middleman along the supply chain. So they source direct from farmers. So they source that cotton from direct. From textile. Exactly. From textile. They're not paying an agency in the middle to do the deals. And so that's why they, they save. So they're incredibly lean, Claudine and Fisher, and they're quite, they are an impressive business in lots of respects, but fundamentally their model is basically about churning out as many items as they can. And Primark are not alone. There's lots of companies that are doing something similar. 99P? Yeah. Poundland, Poundworld? Yeah, 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 all that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's something that needs to change because we can't carry on just producing so much stuff. I was recently watching some TV, American TV series, and the car was passing by a huge, like Walmart thing, and I saw instead of seeing brand Walmart, I saw 99C, so okay. 99 cent store, uh-huh. huge, huge, and lots of people, lots of cars in the in, in the car park. Yeah, I think, think this is something we will will be, uh, of course. This, this podcast, this video cast is about you, but just a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is one of the companies that that will explode. 99 or one of them. Yeah. Well, and what they are doing? Are they doing anything? No? Walmart? No, 99P, the cheap ones. Don't know. They make so much money. Yeah. No, I never so come across business. them. In my world, we don't really talk about them. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of their products are... They are huge. ...are branded products, aren't they, in those shops? As in, they, they, they source from traditional... China. ...companies. Oh, okay. I don't know too much about it, to be honest. Oh, you don't shop in Bangalore? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No, it just says that you're happy, your wife is happy and your son is happy. Uh, I go there occasionally. The value is there. Yeah. Okay, so you don't I do. I do shop in ninety nine p shops. Helmets. Okay. They're not beyond me. Don't worry. <laughs> Things are not that good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then another question. Completely different. There are conservatives. Mm-hmm. There is a Labour Party. Yeah. And there is Welsh Party. Yes. Was that the name? Yeah, Plaid Cymru. Yeah. 
And then, of course, of course, then there are funny ones and educated. Oh, them. Liberal Democrats. Yes, well. who, who managed to get out? Who managed UK to get out of the of the EU? And then there is Green Party. Mm -hmm. What they are doing? I haven't heard anything from them. I just know that they exist. Do they have the same message as you, or what is their their vision? Um, maybe when Latvians vote, maybe you could explain why they should vote. Do you vote for for Green Party? I have done in the past. Yeah, um, you have. Yeah, they're, they're not. I mean, they're, they're not, they're, uh, yeah, they they've got a lot of similar messages to to what I've been talking about. Okay. Um, so that would be their stance. Uh, when they go out and campaign, you, you don't hear from any of the parties really until it's election time. That tends to be the way things work. Well, um, two big ones, they are very loud. Well, yeah, time. yeah, that's true. But but the Green Party, I mean, they've got one MP, um, which is um, for the for Brighton. Um, so okay. they got in down there, and they appeal to a lot of the dark greens. So I was talking about earlier. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you. They're not. A I mean, they're just not a serious party, unfortunately. I, I I like a lot of what they stand for. Yes. But they're just not big enough yet. I mean, they're so you said that you have voted for them before. Yeah. Why did you vote them? Probably because I was disillusioned with any of the other bigger parties. Um, I haven't voted them for for a while. And what? And why did you change your mind? Um, Look, Latvians are completely. Mostly, we are completely uneducated about. The political system of the UK, yeah, and we get lots of invitations to go and to vote. Mm -hmm. What should we vote for? Nobody really does anything. Yeah, but you don't get a vote here anyway, do you? I get invitations to go and vote. I've do been you? living here for yeah, lots of years. Okay, it is it is strange. We can vote for the local council, I think. Okay, we can okay. vote for something else. But you can't but, vote in a general election. Is that right? I think we can, okay. but we could not vote for the referendum, EU no. referendum. No, 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 right. Yeah. You can vote for the council, you can vote for this and that, but you cannot do, vote for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's two main parties. There's three main parties. Yes. The Liberal, Democrat, Liberal Democrats took a bit of a beating in the last general election. They lost a lot of seats in Parliament. So really, you're looking at two big parties, Labour and the Conservatives, and then lots of other parties. The Green Party is one of them. I like a lot of what they, you know, believe in. Okay. But they're not a serious party. They're not going to get into into power. They're too small. So it's kind of a move. It's kind they of a don't, move. They don't have to be in power. They no, just no, have no. to. They just have to be there. Yeah, that's true. That that would be. I don't think that would be good if the Green Green Party would was the ruling party. Yeah. But, but, the they, but they still they have to get a, they have to have their seats and once something once they see something is yeah. going wrong wrong they just have to stand up and say look guys yeah but but even even getting a seat I mean I'll talk about where we are now Maidstone yes it's either been conservative or Lib or Lib Dem for as long as you know I can remember um, but the, and the idea of getting a are green the, party are, the, are they in Parliament. Sorry? Are they in Parliament? Yeah, yeah. So each con each constituency has an MP. Yes. So when you vote locally, you, you put forward your MP. Okay. Um, that's how it works. So even the idea of having a Green Party MP here in Maidstone is, is not going to happen. It's just they're not just not big enough and they're not they're not popular enough for that to happen. And that's so to vote for them would almost be a bit of a wasted vote. That's a, that's my opinion anyway. It's all about opinions, isn't it? But yeah. 
So, and can you share what are your your voting preferences? Well, I I often vote for for Labour um, because I think that they are more in tune with people, real people, and people that are not doing quite as well as those that are. And that's kind of how I often vote. Is you know, what do we really want? We want a good health service. We want good education. We want people not living in poverty. We want good housing, and they're all the things that I think Labour speaks to better than the Conservatives. So that tends to be the way I vote. That's good. Any last words? Parting words? <laughs> no, word. I mean, the, the, you the, know, in terms of going for, back for, to for the Latvians. For the Latvians, yeah, just exactly. Remember, this, is, this is a podcast for Latvians. <clears throat> exactly, and I think yes. the, the message would be exactly the same to you know me speaking to someone um, like my mum, who doesn't really, you know, is not really interested in kind of environmental issues. Is that there's, there's you can be interested in it. I think it's important that we understand what's going on. So something like climate change. I, I hope that the kids coming through. I know my son's only six now, and I think in the next couple of years he'll start to learn about something like climate change at school. That kids at least understand what's happening out there, because yeah, because it's so important. But but right now, I would say there's very little that individuals can actually do to affect change. I think you can be interested in it. I think you can be aware of it. But really, I think it's down to business and governments and cities to make it easier for us to do the right thing. So that brings down the costs, makes it easier that there's not these two competing kind of options. That actually there's only one option, and that's a good option because it's good for the planet, good for society. Good for business, good for us, and and I think that's the way it will go. So you know, my message would be: there's not a lot we can do, but just be interested in it. I know that is kind of support. That was supposed to be the last question, but if there, <laughs> <laughs> if there was one thing, I just had this thought. You know, it is kind of stereotypical question. If mm. there was one thing you could change, but in your case, I'm really curious, like. If you had this one chance, and you could do just one change mm-hmm. for environment, what would you do? Like, you could go beyond possible, like replacing all oil with something else, like making Russia <laughs> like environment friendly, or something. Mm. Or probably China does much worse, much much bigger impact. Yes, mm. on the war side on the environment. Yeah, we we've seen and heard some horrible stories about China. Yeah, I I think what I'd love to see is everyone just admitting that there's problems and then working to solve them, which sounds Come so on, Tom, idealistic. Tom, look, you have just imagine you have one chance. You've been given one opportunity to change mm. something. Come on! Don't be so global. Don't waste your opportunity. <laughs> where, where, is, where, is, where is your inner Tom Sawyer? <laughs> yes. But that is kind of what I want. I, I, what I hate is people that are fighting against this stuff, or oh, or not interested okay. in it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's it's change. It's all about changing mindsets. So I'd love everyone to kind of just switch everyone's brains onto this stuff, so that everyone. Because if if we did that, yes, we'd get to where we need to get to within. Five years. Then we wouldn't have problems with Trump and. Well, yeah, I mean, the election of Trump is exactly, you know, connected to that. It's like you've got someone now in high office, 
He's inaugurated today, isn't he? And he says that climate change is a hoax. How, it's so unhelpful. So unhelpful. From one side. From one side, but he's quite... But, pat- from, he's... but from another side, yeah. those deep greens, mm-hmm. they will be more vocal now. They, will, they, yeah, will, yeah, they yeah. will have that second... They, they will... Second youth. Second yeah. youth of green. Yeah, no, yeah, actually. Once there is a battle... I know, the message... it's been going on for so, so many years that people have been having this battle. And it's, no, it's, it's completely unnecessary. Because all the evidence points to that if you are responsible, if you do look after the environment... You can still be successful. You can still make money. Everyone can still be happy. That's the that's the frustration for me. So that's what I'd like to change. Just switch everyone's mindset. Everyone's mind. Just realize. To think, that. okay, this is a problem. Let's solve it. And if everyone just threw themselves into that, the world would be a much better place. And, and we'd all make money, and we'd all be successful, and we'd and, all. And nothing would be really changed physically. No. That could damage something. No. Ordinary people would be able to live as they do live, and they. High-standing people would make the right decisions. Exactly. And everybody would be going in the right direction. Exactly. Make it happen, Helmets. Wherever, where, if somebody, if somebody wants to hear, like, <clears throat> learn more about these issues, is there really some, maybe a radio station, maybe um, some podcast? Well, you've got a podcast. Yes, what is the name of your podcast? So, yeah, have a look at my podcast. It's The Better Business Show. So, every week on a Monday, we talk to a business usually startups who are just doing some of this stuff. And we talk a lot about the different issues. So what's the problem that needs solving and how are you solving it? That's kind of how the podcast runs. Um, that is The Better Business Show with Tom Idol, as there are exactly. two. Exactly. There is, yeah. The Better Business Show. Just search for that. And um, there's with, Tom Idol. With Tom yeah. Idol, yeah. Yes. Big blue logo. Um, but, and this, yeah. I mean, I don't any, know. Any others? Um there is. There's a, there's a podcast collective helmet. It's, it's, oh, called okay. the, it's called the Better World Podcast Collective. So if you go to betterworldpodcasts.com okay. and listed there, you'll see the Better Business Show, but then you'll see a whole list of different podcasts that are all connected to this theme. So okay. some are about business, some are about sustainable living, some are about politics, some oh, are that's about good. energy. There's all different that, sorts Then people of go, can go there. What was the URL? So it's Better, uh, better World Podcasts. Dot com. Com. And yes. then the people can go there, they can test several podcasts, find the voice they like. Exactly. As with podcasts, you know how is it. You have to like the voice. Yeah. Some people are genderists. Do you call, do you call them genderists? Yes. I don't, I don't listen to, the, to, a, to a podcast in general, if a woman is a guest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You're such an enlightened character, aren't you? Yes, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I mean, the other thing is, I don't know whether Latvians read any newspapers, English newspapers. Do you? Some. In general, I generalize. <laughs> Some, the third page. <laughs> well, let us be honest. Yes. Yeah. S- something like the cheap ones. Some, uh, the most don't read Guardian. Okay. Well, that's where you. That's where you'll learn about the environment. The Guardian, and the Guardian, the, yes, and the Independent online only, but the Guardian is gives the best coverage of, the, of these sorts of issues. Okay, yeah. so if you want to stay politically politically <clears throat> educated, yeah, then you've got to read Guardian. Well, the, I mean, the Guardian's you would suggest so. Well, I mean, that's what I yeah. read. It's it's to the left of politics. Okay. Um, and what yeah. does it mean? For those As in, that it's who do not understand those more aligned with Labour and liberal values. 
So left arm or commies? <laughs> if you like. Uh, on the right, you would read the Daily Telegraph, perhaps. Yes. Um, and maybe the Times. You went so silent. <laughs> what issues have you got with Daily Telegraph? No, it's just not something I read, but... Why? Uh, because that's largely read by Conservative supporters. So the, the, the British press is fairly split. Yes. Yeah. And the sun would certainly be on the Conservative side and the mirror on the, the Liberal side of okay, politics. Are there but in terms of the environment, The Guardian is, is the place, and online it's fantastic. Are, are there some YouTube channels? Um, People could... I don't know, actually. That you like about environment or some... Um, I don't really watch many YouTube channels, actually, no. Are there, I'm sure there are, but... Who else are the big vocal <coughs> guys, the big vocal voices? Like, Elon Musk is one. Elon yeah. Musk. yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting academics yes. who put forward some interesting cases. People like Jonathan Porritt and John Elkington, two people worth kind of googling and looking up in terms of that sort of academic voice. In terms of business, people like uh, Richard Branson is always fantastic. If you follow him on social media, he's always got some interesting views. People like um, Branson, yes. Paul Polman, yes. who's the chief executive of Unilever, which is one of the, the big consumer goods companies. They make pretty much you know, lots of brands on the shelf. For example? From toothpaste through to, you know, whatever. Um, some of their brands, well, they've got Ben & Jerry's, okay. ice cream. That's ice cream, yes. Uh, some of the washing up liquids. I can't, I can never remember. But if you go on their site, you'll look at all their brands and you'll kind of, you'll probably recognise a lot of them from the supermarket. And that is the kind of, the beast that owns the all of them. Um, so yeah, Paul Polman would be good. Um, yeah, Elon Musk would be great. Leonardo DiCaprio is quite useful. Seriously? Yeah, he's, I, he's I quite thought vulnerable. he was a drug addict. addict. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not. Okay, he's, he's great. He's, he's, um, just before Christmas, he did a, a documentary called Before the Flood for oh, National okay. Geographic, which is really worth checking out. And that's that's really good, actually, simplifying a lot of the, the messages around climate change. So that movie's so good, yes? looking at, yes. So maybe that would be the next step. Yes, and also Al Gore did a film called um, and, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, An inconvenient and that was released probably about 10 years ago now, uh, but it's a documentary, and it's Al Gore, former vice president, who is a, uh, it's a PowerPoint presentation, but it's, it's brilliant, it's very good, and it just explains how the, the, the planet has changed over, over the years, very good film, very good film, so there's a few like that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. No worries. You're welcome. Okay. All the best. Great.